Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. So now that we are a couple of weeks into this, we are um, beginning to see some trend lines, some things that are happening in particular parts of the population, and we have been um, turning our attention to those concerns. All are suffering, but all are not suffering equally nor even proportionally. Uh, We talked with Terrence Lester about the particular fears and vulnerabilities of those who are homeless, and we encourage you to uh, connect with him at Love Beyond Walls. There are also a number of stories acknowledging that um, although we're supposed to stay at home, there are a lot of people who are simply not safe at home, that that home is actually the least safe place for many people. And there are lots of vulnerable children, disabled people, and the elderly who are now literally trapped in homes with abusers, and those abusers are under increasing levels of stress. Um, And so we're going to be turning our attention in the coming days to those concerns as well. Um, we're also going to begin reading stories. We we have the first death of an of an inmate in a U.S. federal prison. We will begin um, having uh, having stories out of state prison systems as well. Um, there are people who are going to suffer disproportionately, um, and there are also stories indicating that people of color are suffering suffering from coronavirus at disproportionate rates in America. Several reasons uh, might be offered, but all of them have to do with poverty and resources. And so uh, three headlines here, one out of Chicago. Um, This one's reported in the L.A. Times. Blacks make up 30 percent of the population in Chicago, but 50 percent of COVID-19 cases there. Um, Similar headline, this one in the Washington Post. The same statistics um, hold up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where, again, 30 percent of the population um, but 50% of the COVID-9 cases among uh, black citizens. And then in Louisiana, blacks account actually for 70% of the coronavirus deaths um, to date. So love of neighbor and concern of those who um, may not only have less right now, but who are suffering from a generational lack of access to resources. That's going to have to lead to an extension of resources now to places and people who need them most. And so let's be considering those concerns um, as we as we consider what we have gathered in for ourselves and how what we have gathered in might be uh, distributed to those most in need, most vulnerable today, most got, most at risk, particularly those who are suffering disproportionately in the midst of this crisis. Up next, Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. He and I are going to talk about how Christian groups are coming together to help small churches at risk of closing due to coronavirus. Uh, and what um, what some just some some great larger churches uh, and other citizens are doing to to help churches helping churches initiative that's up next here on mornings with Carmen.
Joining me now, Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. Justin, welcome back. Hey, Carmen. Thanks for having me. So these are um, just extraordinarily interesting times in which we're living. You at the AND campaign, you guys were making some observations about um, how small, particularly urban congregations, but some um, uh, some rural congregations as well, uh, were suffering disproportionately. Talk about... Um, you know, talk about the vision of churches helping churches and then how the initiative is going and how people can get involved. Yeah, sure. So uh, the end campaign, we have a, a pretty uh, broad network of churches uh, that we interact with and just having conversations with some of the uh, pastors who had small, uh, many of them urban churches. I could just tell the anxiety and the distress and that there was really a worry that they might not survive uh, through this crisis. Uh, and that that, you know, was something that I, I was trying to, to to deal with myself to pray on. And uh, initially, I just sent out a tweet saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if larger, more you know, financially stable churches would help out smaller churches? Some people saw that a couple of friends gave me a call and said, Justin, you really need to do something with that. I made a call to a few friends, a few influencers and. About a week later, we had the Churches Helping Churches uh, Challenge. And, and really what we want to do with that, I think the, the thrust of it is we really want to encourage large churches that are more stable, that are getting through this more comfortably, to help smaller churches in their area that really might not be around if, if the body of Christ doesn't uh, do something urgently. Uh, you know, these are folks, these are people in situations where, you know, a lot of times they're not, they weren't getting, a, you know, had a, they didn't have a lot of income in the, in the first place. But when people start getting laid off and then if they have older congregations who don't necessarily uh, give online, then you find yourself in a really tough situation where closing your doors is a reality. We don't want that to happen. Uh, a lot of these uh, churches in low-income communities uh, are really the foundation of that community. They're, they're where people go when they're, you know, at their lowest point. And so we want those those small churches to be around. Uh, so that's the first part of it, really just uh, challenging churches, larger churches, to get involved and, and find churches in their area uh, to help out. The second part is we wanted to make sure that we were doing our part, though. So we started what uh, we're calling the COVID-19 Church Relief Fund, uh, where we're, we've raised uh, almost 200000 so far, trying to get to 500000 But we would use this to give uh, grants of about $3,000 to smaller churches to help them get uh, th through this moment. And so that's what we're trying to do. I'm just amazed and encouraged of how the body has just come around this effort. And we've got some some pretty uh, 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 big names that have said, you know what, this is a, a worthy effort and we want to support it from uh, former NFL player Benjamin Watson, uh, Bishop Claude Alexander, Reverend uh, Samuel Rodriguez, and the list goes on of people who have stepped up uh, to help us out with this effort. Folks can find the website at Church Relief. Dot org churchrelief.org. Um, this I found this uh, this paragraph here interesting, and um, I think it'll be illuminating for our listeners. According to a recent Barna Group survey, thousands of pastors uh, are unsure, not confident that their church will survive the coronavirus epidemic. Nearly a quarter of American churches, 22 percent, have already reduced their staff hours, uh, reduced compensation, and laid off employees. Um, and so um, we recognize that low-income Americans are are more at risk in so many ways. They just live at the they live in the in the reality of vulnerability. Um, and this is this coronavirus is not just an economic 
or health or, um, you know, I, my lifestyle is impinged because the things that I thought I was going to get to do this spring, I'm not getting to do. Um, this is life and death for uh, for individuals, and this is life and death for some communities of faith. Um, tell us, um, Justin, just, you know, take us into a conversation that you've had with with one pastor. Tell us a story. Bring it bring it to life for us from the ground. Sure, absolutely. Um, so just a, a conversation. Hey, how, how's everything going? Well, it's rough. You know, yeah, once once you can't have service and I think people understand why they can't have service. Um once you can't have service, you really aren't bringing a whole lot of uh, of ties in, and so you're you're left with a situation where you know you still may have to pay uh, your mortgage. Uh, there are certain services that that people in your church need, right? There may be some pe- people that do need someone to bring them food or to check up on them, things of that nature. You have staff uh, and people who you you know that you may employ that you may have to let go. Now we know there may be some uh, assistance coming from the government. The problem is when. I mean, that could be, you know, 60 days or longer. And there are a lot of churches that just can't survive that long with the responsibilities that they have without help. And so, Carmen, I think this comes down to who are we as the church? Uh, what, how, how does the church respond in a moment of crisis? Uh, are people going to know us by our love for one another? Or what does that love for one another look like right now? Uh, we, those of us who are a little more comfortable, maybe salaried or whatever, again, we can go to churchrelief.org and, and help out, but we have to do something. We can't just sit uh, and, and be relieved that we're not one of the people in those stressful situations. We have to take on uh, our, our brothers and sisters' uh, burdens, and this is the perfect time to do it. I'm talking with Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. We are talking about the Churches Helping Churches initiative uh, the website is churchrelief.org. We're going to take a very brief break. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Justin Gibney from the AND campaign, we have been talking about uh, the Churches Helping Churches initiative, which you can find more information about at churchrelief.org. If you are uh, a person who is in a larger church, an organization that might be in a position to help give toward a fund um, uh, for congregations and pastors of small at-risk churches, you can uh, you can certainly become involved at churchrelief.org. There are also applications for grants for um, those congregations that are at risk. And uh, Justin, you guys started processing applications, I think, yesterday. Yeah, the the application process opened on Monday. We had over 100 uh, applications come in on that day. And so we're going to be in a situation where we're probably going to have more applications than we have funds at this point. Uh, We're going to point some of those folks who we can't fund to, you know, we're going to create a list and and give those to churches in their area, larger churches in their area, hoping that they can help. But we need people's help. We need we need the body of Christ to to really pitch in and, and just be there for our brothers and sisters who are at risk. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Justin, there are there's just so many um, invitations right now to be involved in, um, you know, in gatherings and I mean, obviously online. Um, Any anyone in particular that you want to highlight or lift up something that maybe you're involved with that we could invite people to that's online in the next few days? 
Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a Pulse uh, with Nick Hall, who runs a Pulse movement. They're doing something called a Leaders Check-In on Wednesday. Um, so Leaders Check-In, what they're going to do is have uh, Christian leaders from all over uh, the country just check in to talk about how they're dealing with the pandemic, uh, how Christians can make it through. And I've been asked to come on to talk about the Churches Helping Churches uh, Challenge. And so I'm really looking forward to this uh, Leaders Check-In. It, it, it goes, it's an all-day thing. So I think it starts at maybe 8 in the morning, goes all the way through the day. And so you can just uh, go to check in. Uh, uh, leadercheckin.com. Leadercheckin.com. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, to check that, to check it out, see who's talking. I mean, you have all kinds of names uh, of people who have been on there. It'll be um, medical experts and all kinds of people just giving us a, a, a real big overview of what's going on with this uh, pandemic and how we can best get through it. All right, that's leadercheckin.com. This is, um, these are leaders checking in and they're, and they're going to be sharing. So, um, don't say to yourself, oh, I'm not a leader. This is not for me. That's, um, that, would, that would not be the way to think about this. This is actually designed uh, for everybody. And so you're going to hear not only from, um, from Nick Hall and people like Justin Gibney, but you're going to hear from Jerome Adams, who's the Surgeon General of the United States. You're going to hear from one of my favorite people in the whole world, Senator Tim Scott, um, Bob Goff, Beth Moore, Francis Chan, Tony Dungy. I mean, the list is <laughs> Lecrae. I mean, I'm just on and on and on. Um, really, it's not just that these people are impressive. These are brothers and sisters in Christ who um, are going to be bringing their perspective to bear on this pandemic, bringing hope and encouragement. Michael W. Smith is going to be um, uh, is going to be on as well. Uh, it's you know, Justin. This is, looks like we could just all sit all day tomorrow from eight a.m. to six p.m. and just enjoy ourselves, luxuriating in all of this incredible uh, teaching and encouragement and and calling forth of the people of God to this moment. That's very exciting. That's right. That's, and that's why I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's it's all going to be biblically based. It's people who who love the Lord and who are trying to find the best way to get through this. And, and you made a great point. This isn't isn't just for leaders. It's leaders checking in, but it's for, you know, it's just for, for Christians. Uh, maybe you step away from Netflix for a while and, and tune into this uh, tomorrow. It should be a good time. Yeah, binge this tomorrow, uh, April 8th, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. Central. It's free. It's a live stream, which means you can pretty much watch it on any connected device that you own. Um, Hey, Justin, we're definitely aware of a couple, uh, well, several very vulnerable populations. We talked with Terrence Lester about the vulnerabilities that people who are currently homeless, what they're facing. Um, And I'm, I'm... I'm looking for a conversation partner in relationship to the prison population because I think that we need a window into what's going on there. Um, You're giving us a really good window into what's happening among um, urban church leaders, particularly those smaller urban churches. Are there other populations of vulnerable people who we don't want to miss in the midst of this? Yeah, I, I would just also talk about those who just may be lonely. I mean, I don't, we were not, mm. you know, we know we need to uh, do this social distancing right now, but that's not what we were built for, right? We're, we're built to be together. We're built for fellowship. And so I would just urge all those who know people who may not have a lot of family with them at home, you know, may not have people in the home with them to give them a call, reach out to the people that you, the, you know, that you know may be somewhat lonely because that's, that's a part that we're not talking about as much, but it could create some serious problems for individuals and, and, and us collectively as well. 
Absolutely. Um, Justin, how's your family in the midst of all this? You've, you've, you know, you got, you got people, man. How are your people? Yeah, I got people. I got I have a wife and three sons, three young sons. I got a, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a 10-month-old. So I've just been trying to keep them busy, obviously doing some homeschooling uh, and, and some, some Bible teaching. And so we've been doing all right. They've, they've been taking it in stride. And uh, one learned how to, the, the baby learned how to walk. Uh, the middle guy learned how to ride his bike without training wheels. So we're trying to be productive. Okay. And um, I don't know if you know this about yourself, but I could hear your smile as you answered that question. And so one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that I do love about this strange period of time in which we're living is that nobody's missing those things with their kids. Nobody's missing the first step right now. Everybody's home to to be there when, you know, the baby takes the first step or says the first word or, um, you know, on and on and on. And I there's there's something about that that I think is going to be a bit of a reset for us as a culture. Talk about just the joy of being a dad. Yeah, I mean, you kind of getting away from some of the things that were distractions or some of the things that you thought were important that kept you busy and they're no longer there to keep you busy. And so I've been very focused on my family uh, and their development and just making sure that we we were close and, and sharing the word together. Uh, those moments have, have been very important. I mean, you know, we were in a situation where we had to cancel uh, a family uh, cruise and that was disappointing. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think we've missed a step. Um, as, as we know, as Christians, we all, always should have a deep and a residing joy. And I think we've tapped into that uh, due to this crisis. Justin Gibney, thank you so much. You guys can find him at the End Campaign. We're also going to direct you to churchrelief.org. Uh, it's a Churches Helping Churches initiative. Um, the application process for grants is open if you are a, uh, a small church at risk. But we also really want to encourage those of you that are in larger churches or organizations or individuals who are in a position to help. Um, now's the time and the need is real. So, Justin, thank you so much for your vision and your leadership and certainly for joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Thank you, as always, Carmen. I appreciate it. And maybe I'll see you tomorrow at Leader Check-In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> we'll be right back. Okay, so lots of questions being asked today, lots of questions being asked by, uh, by next-gen people in our houses and around us, um, and we cannot give them trite answers. We cannot give them Christian cliches. So how do we actually answer the questions that people are asking today, particularly the questions that emerging generations are asking today? Um, how do we do that in a way that's biblically faithful and actually relevant to the person with whom we are talking? Well, up next, I've got Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries. The book is Unquestioned Answers, Rethinking 10 Christian Cliches to Rediscover Biblical Truths. What we're really talking about is how do we speak the truth in a way that's honest to God, but also um, answers the questions that people are really asking instead of answering the questions they're not asking. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. This is Max Licato. Matthew was a public tax collector, as crooked as a corkscrew. Everyone kept his distance from Matthew. Everyone, that is, except Jesus. Jesus said to him, 
follow me and be my disciples. So Matthew got up and followed him, Matthew 9, 9. Then Luke 5 and verse 29, Levi gave a big dinner for Jesus at his house and many tax collectors and other people were eating there too. An hour or so into the evening, the door opens. An icy breeze blows in, enter the Pharisees, the religious police, in their thin-lipped piety. But Jesus intervenes, saying, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. The Pharisees were unhealthy and self-righteous, but since they did not think they were sick, they saw no need for Jesus. Matthew and the gang, on the other hand, made room for Jesus. As a result, Jesus made room for them. This is Max Licato. Joining me now, Dr. Jeff Myers. Uh, Jeff heads up Summit Ministries, and he and I have talked on occasion in the past um, when really I have had need of counsel in terms of how do I transmit this affection that I have for Christ, this love of the Bible, this not only belief, but walking by faith. How do I transmit this to an emerging generation? That's what Summit Ministry does every single day. Um, you should definitely check out what they are up to at summit.org. Jeff, welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. Hi, Carmen. Great to be back with you. Well, it's wonderful to have you here. So um, this book came out at like, like just the right time. So it's Unquestioned <laughs> Answers, Rethinking 10 Christian Clichés to Discover Biblical Truths. If there's ever been a time in history when grandma's... Um, uh, answer to uh, to the question that's being asked at the uh, you know at the dinner table or over FaceTime you know the kid the kid is asking a serious question about what's going on in the world and um, you know and grandma offers up something like oh I don't know uh, God said it I believe it that settles it for me um, that that is ringing hollow for an emerging generation talk with us about this project and then um, talk with us about the the, the questions, the cliches being addressed here. Carmen, a lot of people expected that I would write a book called Unanswered Questions because as a young man, part of my testimony is that I thought about walking away from the church when I graduated from high school because I couldn't find good answers. But I wrote the book called Unquestioned Answers instead because a lot of people struggled with unanswered questions and, and a lot of Christians are caught now with unquestioned answers, cliches they believe that keep their faith at a shallow level and prevent them from engaging in what is the most significant time any of us have ever had in our lifetimes for sharing the good news of the gospel and of life in Christ with other people. So when you think about the um, the problems that really are caused when we do not question the answers that we're offering. When we are offering up answers that have become cliche, um, I'm thinking here about, you know, we're walking with a person in a season of grief, and, and we're going to speak the truth, but we may be speaking the truth in a way that actually contributes to their disbelief, not not invites them, you know, into the fellowship uh, of the love of the Lord that we know in Jesus Christ. So talk with us about um, the problems that unquestioned answers can cause. 
Well, first of all, Carmen, unquestioned answers make us vulnerable. When we say, when somebody says, wow, I'm experiencing such heartache right now. I can't believe all of these hard things are happening and I, I might lose my loved ones. And a Christian responds, hey, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. You know, that, that makes that person vulnerable to walking away from the truth because it just, we don't lead with that. It just rings hollow to be so flippant about it. Second thing, I think unquestioned answers disillusion us. They make us feel as if, oh, well, God doesn't really have all of the answers. I'm just kind of saying that because that's, you know, that's sort of the bumper sticker theology. And I think the third thing, and this is the, I think the worst thing of all, is that bumper sticker theology and cliches and so forth cause us to feel shame rather than change. And shame doesn't change people. Most of my work is with university students. I've had students attend more than 2,000 different universities across the United States. And the, their politically pro- correct professors are always saying, shame on you for being Christian, shame on you for believing traditional beliefs and so forth. Now Christians are turning around and essentially doing the same thing, saying things like, well, I, I love the sinner but hate the sin and other kinds of cliches that prevent us from going deep when people really do want to engage with truth. I want to have people check out unquestionedanswers.com. Um, we also want to talk about um, other resources that are available through Summit, but today we're focusing in on this book, Unquestioned Answers, Rethinking 10 Christian Cliches to Rediscover Biblical Truth. Jeff Myers is the author, if you are interested in entering the drawing. For the copies that I have here in studio, text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Again, you text the word BOOK. Don't text anything else, because if you text anything else, then you don't get the little return link that you need in order to actually register. So just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Jeff, let's let's talk about this uh, this word in here that I may mispronounce, and so uh, forgive me if I do, simplicism. What is simplicism, and how is it different than simplicity? Well, you you pronounce it exactly right, I think, because I think I coined the word. Of course, in the age of Google, you never know what you've coined or not. But simplicism is the idea that something can only be true if it is easy to understand and summarize. So simplicity is a virtue of living a less complicated life. But simplicism stops short our thinking and our reach into the world because it makes us believe that if something really has to be dug into or is difficult or complicated or hard, you know, that hard is bad. And so, you know, hard is bad. Jesus is simple. So we, anything that's hard can't really be of him. And it's something that plagues the church. And I, you know, I wanted to write this book. I thought, oh, but it's just going to be a lengthy rant against Christian cliches. And what I realized is there's profound, amazing, awesome, exciting, explainable truth if we will just do a few things to to begin to grasp it. So that's what the book ended up being about is how do we go deeper? I mean, we're fishers of men, right? You don't You don't catch fish by skimming across the surface. You have to be willing to put your hook down, put the bait down a little bit deeper. And that's where all the really cool stuff happens. Okay, well, let's talk about some of those simple things, um, because 
I think that if it were simple, right, I'm more likely to um, to do it. I'm more likely to integrate it into um, my practices. I I want to be a person who effectively communicates the gospel. I I don't want to um, confuse people. I also don't want them to perceive me as judgmental. Um, and I think that's one of the great challenges that that we face as you know more mature and adult. I don't even know how to describe this. You know, like I feel like an old person when I'm having this conversation, right? Because there's there's a yes. there is a genuine generation gap between me as a 51 year old and a college student or a um, you know or an older high school student. And I I I believe these truths. I believe the Bible. And so it's it's not cliche when I say I believe it and and I authentically want people to receive it for what it really is, the very word of God. But I also recognize that they are at a particular place um, in life, in the culture, in their own experience. And my responsibility as a Christian is not to put a stumbling block in front of them, but to actually build the path from where they are to the place where they could, you know, hear and receive the gospel. And that it feels to me, Jeff, like the help that that Christians need right now. We need to know how to lay down those bricks between here and there in order that there can be a genuine meeting of the minds between generations on these uh, on these conversational topics. So let's take a brief break. When we come back, will you give us some, you know, a, a list of actions and attitudes that would actually help us communicate truth without being perceived as judgmental? I'm excited to do that. Yes. Awesome. That's up next with Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries. The um, the book is Unquestioned Answers, and yes, I've got copies. Text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Continuing my conversation with Dr. Jeff Myers from Summit Ministries. You can find them at Summit. Dot .org we're talking about unquestioned answers how we need to rethink uh our christian clichés in terms of communicating the gospel generation to generation all right jeff give us some actions and attitudes that help us communicate truth capital t without being perceived as judgmental mm, thanks carmen let me give the attitude first in the form of a word picture imagine the dna double helix there are two strands to it let's call those two strands truth and relationship. And you know there are nucleotides that connect those two strands together, makes it look like a twisty ladder. Our job every day as believers is to put connections, put rungs in the ladder between truth and relationship. So we don't want to communicate truth in in a non-relational fashion, because that would be arrogant, nor do we want to be relational to the exclusion of truth, because that would be apathetic. So with that word picture in mind, what we do at Summit Ministries with the young adults we work with, we offer two-week-long training courses for young adults to equip and support them to uh, champion a Christian worldview. These In these programs, we help our students lead with questions. So express curiosity first. If someone says, well, I could never believe in a God who would allow evil, which is a conversation that many of us are having these days, you know, don't just say, well, you know, you have your beliefs, I have mine, or uh, who am I to judge, or, well, God is good all the time, all the time God is good. Just lead with five conversation-altering words. Tell me more about 
that. Tell me more. My us, favorite three words in every conversation. That's those are my. Is, that's my formula. It, Tell me more. That's it, it. It. It's right. It does not hurt us in the least to hear where the person is coming from. Not in the least. In fact, people are more likely to want to know what you believe if they know you really care about who they are as a person. So tell me more about that. And then at Summit Ministries, we teach students to follow up with questions like, hey, what, um, do you think that's the whole story if, they, if somebody says something critical? Or tell me what you mean by that. You say there's no God, but how do you define God? Or um, how did you get there? Tell me how you arrived at that conclusion. Everybody's got a story, and I'm really curious to know what yours is. Those sorts of questions allow you to form a relationship and then find the opportunities to communicate truth in that. So in the book, Unquestioned Answers, with each one of these cliches, I show how with three or four uh, easy-to-grasp but solid points, you can give the truth to people rather than the cliche on the big issues of our day like faith, worldview, prayer, and so forth. All right, Jeff. Um, when we're when we're talking with a person who, you know, frankly, in many ways, is more well educated than we are, or they've certainly been educated differently than we have been educated. They have grown up in a very different world than we grew up in, um, and they, frankly, have access instantaneously to more information than uh, you know any of us could ever know. Just talk with us about the the world and the worldview of of people who, you know, they're now back at home, which is weird for us. Um, but they're, you know, they went away and we kind of expected they would never come back. And we sort of hoped that a ministry like Summit would get a hold of them at college. And um, But now they're home and we're, we're challenged to have conversations with them. Um, they're going to school now online. They're taking courses we don't understand. They're reading books we don't agree with. Just talk with us about engaging our college students right now. Mm. Well, uh, Carmen, this is something that we that we obviously think a lot about at Summit. And what I'm finding is that sometimes a college-age student or a 20-something won't want to disappoint mom or dad. So th- they they might be reluctant to get into a conversation. But there's an easy workaround, and it's this. Hey, tell me what your friends are saying about this. Mm. Tell me what, you know, you, your professors may have brought this up. Have they ever talked about this? I'm really curious how they see it, how they approach it. Let them kind of put it on the table in a neutral way, and then you can hear a little bit of some of the issues that, that are going on. And at that point, you can say things like, have you ever considered this possibility? Or I'd really like to look into that a little bit more, because I'm curious how as a Christian, I should process that. Can can we have coffee? And uh, after I explore a little bit, and we can pick up the topic again. Then you see you're inviting relationship. You're putting a rung in the ladder between truth and relationship, rather than cutting the conversation short by making some kind of a statement that they might or might not find persuasive. So one of the things I love about this, Jeff, is that you are you're reminding us that um, we are with one another on this uh, on this journey of faith and this experience of life, and 
my hope and goal is that the young people who you know whom God has entrusted to my to my care um that they would be my brothers and sisters in Christ and that we would be together on this journey of discipleship and faith and if i'm mindful of that and i continue to hold that before me that this is um this may be a you know a young man or a young woman who happens to be under my roof right now but my hope is that this is my my brother or sister in Christ with whom I'm going to spend eternity. And what I'm developing now is a relationship that's going to last forever. And, you know, and I ultimately want this person to sort of outgrow me and outpace me in the faith in order that they might be able to reach the generation after them. Um, so I just I appreciate that you equip us as parents and adults to um, to do what we long to do. But many of us feel inadequate to the task. Mm. Well, that's where Summit Ministries, that's why we exist. That's our mission. We can help you. Uh, We have young adults come to our study programs, ages 16 to 25. We'll have in-person programs this summer, God willing. And uh, we will also have virtual programs. And and in these programs, students can work with world-class thought leaders who are experts in all of these areas, people outside of the family who can answer their questions, and help them engage in a positive Christian community where they realize, oh, Christianity can be lived out by thoughtful, intelligent, uh, curious people in these days. And, and we're finding incredible results among the young adults who will come together to get this kind of training. So uh, any parent who's feeling discouraged or thinking, I'm not sure this is going to work out for my son or daughter, uh, come to summit.org because we definitely want to connect with you. Summit.org. You're going to get all kinds of great resources there. The book we're discussing today, Unquestioned Answers. The author, Jeff Myers, uh, if you want to enter the drawing for the copies I've got, text the word book to 877-933-2484. Jeff, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's just a gift and a blessing. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Carmen. I love your show, and I'm glad to have a chance to visit this morning. Oh, it's um, it's mutual. I just, I, I love Summit. I love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be right back, friends. I just feel like we are um, uh, just, there's just such a bounty right now of God's goodness and grace. He's lifting up ministries that can help us in this moment. Um, He's pouring forth wisdom and grace. His mercies are new every morning. People are turning with interested, um, with interested hearts, like there's an openness right now to, to God and to his grace that frankly, I've never seen before in my lifetime. And I, I don't want to just revel in it. I want to rush into those spaces and places uh, and be a person whom God has been equipping over a long period of time. Um, and so I want you to consider that for just a moment. God has been pouring into you. Your life has been soaking and saturated in good preaching and teaching for a long time. And right now, God wants to squeeze that out into the lives of other people. And so be be available to God today um, that his grace might flow through you as an agent of grace in the world that he so loves. You may not be able to leave your house, but through technology, um, even by sharing this show with somebody else, you can be an ambassador of grace. 
Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.